Hey, so this is my seventh episode of So You Want to Talk About Race by Ojema Oluo. And in this um, chapter, it uh, basically starts out with her her son, her eight-year-old son, coming to her room where she spends most of her time writing. And he came in in a sluggish way, which she knows. She knows it means something. Something's up. So she asked him, what's up? And her son tells her that he doesn't want to go to a school assembly. But she mentioned how her son loves school. So what what happens? So she asked him why. And he said, the teacher said that if I don't say the Pledge of Allegiance, the veterans at the assembly will scream at me because I'm not singing for a country that they fought for. <clears throat> so the way that Ojiema kind of takes this on is she she like she being an activist, she wants to support her kids, but she would also she also wants him to be a reason. So um she asks him why why do you not want to say it? And her son tells her that, uh, first of all, he's an atheist like Ojiema, so he doesn't want to talk about that. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to pledge under a god. And then the second reason was that he it says liberty and justice for all. When and then he said people that look like me aren't treated the same as others so this statement was honestly very true and this this the time that this happened was close to the colin colin kaepernick um protest so i think it was very uh modern driven maybe but also very could be true but i'm not sure if he might have had too many experiences with that but Later on in the chapter, she does describe one. So, so he talks about that, and then she politely says she says that she that's a good enough reason for her to allow him to not um, say the pledge of allegiance. So she emailed his teacher, and they figured it out. And he wouldn't he would uh, read a poem instead of the uh, pledge of allegiance every morning. So, um. So then she goes on to describe um, how the kids are treated, how black and brown kids have been treated and the role in, in like the shaping of this of uh, the society and ending racial oppression. So the way she talks about this is, for example, her son, her. Um, so she's separated with his dad. His dad is white. So he. He, um, his dad tells him, don't play with the toy gun outside. He said, he said, that's not safe. But he never tells that to his white stepbrother. And Ojema's son asked him that this, why, why doesn't my dad tell that to his other son, to my stepbrother? And she says, simply because he's white and Cops are more likely to see him as just a normal kid playing outside. Um, and then she brings up the the case of uh, a uh, a young young black kid getting 
shot by a police. Uh, I forget the name, but he was in a park left alone and his sister was body slammed trying to save him. But anyway, she talks about how dirt, um, how black and brown people, um, their kids that are growing up in this and this new age are experiencing um, a less chance of going to college. One in three black men um, being put in jail. And she gives many statistics as to why the system isn't isn't in their favor, which is all, which is very true. Like public funding for many schools. Honestly, I see this in in the in the public school that I go to, uh, Whetstone. I see this how how the funding for Columbus City Schools is just much less than um, <clears throat> than these outer city schools. Like, and these these in city schools tend to be uh, predominantly um, minority based, with many exchange students, and so yeah. Um, but anyways, that was basically the the summary of the chapter um at the end she basically says how she uh she plans on providing a platform for the for the kids of this generation to build off of to help fight any um racial injustices in the future so yeah i'm gonna move on to chapter 14 so moving on to my final chapter chapter 14 so um, Ojiama in this chapter, she talks about Asian Americans, um, and how they are also racially oppressed and how we can't leave them out of the picture. So in this chapter, she starts out with saying that in her work, in her work, she, a lot of times she has failed to, um, incorporate the Asian Americans and talk about them. And she recognizes that. Which is good because you have to recognize it and incorporate it in your work to to make it something that people will end up valuing and listening to. So she talks about the model minority myth, which basically means, for example, think of somebody like uh, Kanye West or something. A black American that has made it out of poverty, maybe, and they're rich now, and they're sort of the model for that minority. So many Asian Americans um, have this uh, model minority myth. Um, For example, a lot of them are just rich uh, professionals, and honestly, that is a stereotype. So... She keeps on talking about this and she says how how um when people talk about Asian Americans, they're talking about the East Asian Americans. For example, the Chinese. Because st- statistics show that Asian Americans in general um have a l- really low incarceration rate, um high tendency to go to college, finish high school, get an education and become a professional um but the statistic is mainly filled by asian americans 
I mean, sorry, sorry, not Asian Americans, by Eastern um, Asians, which includes the Chinese. By doing this, though, you're leaving out um, Central and Western, Northern and Southern Asians. For example, Cambodians, um, people from Guam, um, Bangladesh, Nepal, all that. All these um, other minority groups in the Asian community, she brings up statistics and shows that they are discriminated against and that they are are not benefited in our um, social, social justice system. She talks about how they they uh, grow up poor and they um, they don't get all the benefits that many of the Eastern Asians do. And by by talking about Asians in general, but mainly talking about Eastern Asians, you're leaving that group out and you're creating sort of like a disadvantage for them. Because the reason that many of these Asians are left out of the conversation of um, uh, racial oppression is because many Eastern Asians don't have that problem. They're not racially oppressed. They're not discriminated against. They have equal opportunity. But many, many, all of the other Asian groups um, prove to be different. They, they have a higher chance of being in poverty. They less education. Um, they check all the boxes for somebody that would be racially oppressed against. And by creating that system, you're almost not giving them the help they need because you're assuming, again, making these assumptions that they are well, well off, that they are, they're fine. They, you're putting them with the group of Eastern Asians that um, prove to be successful. Which is bad because then she explained how they don't get, they might not get help in school. They might, they're, they're less likely to get scholarships, different things that, that, um, that will end up oppressing the non-Eastern Asian, um, groups. And she said by, um, by, by doing that, you're, you're, you're almost focusing on black and brown people, but. And then the 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 non-Eastern Asians are completely left out, and many many um, Asian influencers have um, voiced this, but again, it's something that hasn't been necessarily like publicized and majorly talked about yet, even today. So, I think going forward and to talk about racial oppression, we need to include a not. All Asians, like she said, not include the rich black people, the the bougie ones. Don't include everybody. Like I mentioned in, I think the second or third episode, um, the basketball players that they that came over to them that wanted to be a part of the picnic. You know, you have to include those people too because they're a part of your group of your minority. So. To fight racial oppression, you need to include everybody. And by doing this, you can end a, a, a haunt, no, not a haunt, a, um, a scare in, in, in history. And moving forward, it'll just help create a better system of equality and, um, and uh, 
a better economic system. So yeah, that's it for this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Miss Beatty. And that's it. This book was amazing. And I definitely recommend it for anybody um, wanting to fight for equal rights for um, race, uh, minorities. So yeah, it's a great book.